Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What is The Briefing Room? It's a behind-the-scenes look at how the criminal justice system works and the lives of the people within that system. If you love true crime, well, these are the real people who do the job every day of making sure justice is served. Hi, I'm Detective Dave. I'm Detective Dan. Together, we have decades of experience in local law enforcement, a profession that we think is often misunderstood. So we're going to explore how to do it right, and we won't shy away from when it's done wrong. These are stories you'll hear nowhere else. Unique, frank, and unvarnished. From the team that brought you Small Town Dicks, this is The Briefing Room. Episode 1 drops on August 30th. We'll meet you in The Briefing Room. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com And welcome back to Scarred for Life, the podcast where we open up old wounds by looking back at the films that scared us as kids. I'm Terry. And I'm Mary Beth. In each episode, our special guest brings with them a movie that traumatized them as a child. This week, our guest is Lindsay Travis. You've seen her writing all over the internet, from Bloody Disgusting, to Slash Film, to IGN, to Pajiba, among many others. You can also hear her as the co-host of the Pod and the Pendulum podcast. Yay, Lindsay! Welcome to the show! Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I was like really, really like amped up when Terry messaged me to ask me to show up. So I'm very excited to be here. I have been so excited to talk to you because um, I, I didn't know you're what, well, and we'll get to this movie in a bit. I didn't know what movie you're going to choose, but I do remember you talking on Twitter at one point about Mant from Matt for matinee. Yeah. And like, a, so I, I immediately, whenever I see something on, on Twitter, I immediately make a mental note of it of like this, when we talk, I got to ask about this one, but <laughs> I'm really excited. Yeah. Yeah, that one was definitely like a runner up for this. Yeah. And I, I you know, I really want to see because I've never seen Matinee. And I really I do want to see that movie at some point. I'm not even convinced I've seen it more than <laughs> the clip within a clip. Because again, like the extended story is that until like three years ago, I thought I'd seen The Fly. <laughs> but I had not. I had seen the parody of The Fly contained within Matt or contained within Matinee called, called Matt. <laughs> But I love that when your brain does that, where you're like, I've seen this thing, and you're like, absolutely fucking not. No, I have not. Like, why did my brain think that? It's so funny. I, I like, can't explain to you the feeling of being like, oh, let me call up that scene because this is such a funny story. And then I, like, couldn't find it. I was like, no, the original flies in black and white. And everyone was like, well, it definitely is not. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I was like, no, 
You're thinking of the remake, but the original is black and white. It's not. It was never in black and white. That was Mant, a fake parody movie that scared me. <laughs> love it. I love it. Okay, so take us back to the beginning, though. How did you get introduced to horror? Good question. I think I was, like, always the casual horror fan and, like, the mainstream horror fan. Mm -hmm. Like, I saw Joyride and House of Wax and theaters and things like that. But I never, like identified feels like the wrong word but i never like identified as a horror fan i never thought i was any more of a fan than anyone else mm. i just like kind of saw the big ones when mm. they came out it was honestly pretty um late in life like i was an undergrad and my roommate was gone for the summer so i was like alone in our uh, apartment and i don't know why i just like decided to put on um vacancy oh <gasps> i do remember vacancy oh my god vacancy like uh, love that movie. Movie. so good under discussed horror movie featuring luke wilkinson and kate beckinsale mm -hmm. this is what i'm saying <laughs> this is what i'm saying so i was like you know may i'll check this movie out and it like really really scared me and i had this like moment of like wow it was really fun being home alone and being just like scared mm. out of my mind with no one around and i just got like hooked on it and then like the longer she was away i just like wanted to watch all these scary <laughs> movies at home alone at night and then it just became my like regular thing and suddenly here I am. Suddenly here you are. Yeah. Like, who knew? Uh, vacancy. I haven't seen that one in a long time. But I remember – I saw that one in the theaters and I remember really enjoying that one. Yeah. I saw that one in the theaters too, it's actually. Good. I was probably too young. Like, shouldn't have been seeing it in the theaters. I don't remember, actually. When did that come out? I don't even remember. It's like – But so – I would have been like – I don't know. I don't know. But did you ever watch, like, horror movies as, a, as, like, when you were younger or, like, as a kid? Or, like, do you remember, like, your first horror movie you ever saw? I was into, like, gateway horror okay. always. Like, I liked Hocus Pocus. Mm -hmm. Hell yeah. And I liked, yes. I don't know. Like, um, Are You Afraid of the Dark was, like, Canadian culture. Like, yeah. it's, like, basically, it's, like, taught in schools. But, um, <laughs> so, like, I was always into that. I, like, read the Goosebumps books. So, like, I always, like... Like, I don't know. It's one of those things I just, like, didn't notice how much I liked it until I started reflecting on it later in life. And I was like, oh, you always liked scary stuff. <laughs> like, it just never – I never, like, noticed that. Right. Um, until I, like, got hooked. But, yeah, definitely gateway horror. What's the first horror movie I ever saw? So, like, okay, so the, like, extension of the Mant story is that <laughs> – um, and I've told this before, so, like, sorry to the, like, overlapping audience that is like, yes, we know. But <laughs> I'm not a good sleeper. I've always had trouble sleeping my whole life. And I used to, like, keep my parents up all night because I was like, I can't sleep. And they were like, figure it out. So they eventually... Parents, figure your shit out. I can't help you. They were like, I don't know what to do, like, with this. It's nighttime. So um, my parents uh, got me a TV. They were like, if you can't sleep, watch TV. Um, and I was like, okay. And, you know, at first it was books, but then they were like, you're straining your eyes trying to read, like, Archie comics by your nightlight. So they got me a TV. And um, there's only, like, a couple things that are on, um, <laughs> like, basic cable at midnight. Um, softcore porn. Yep. And horror movies, like, B-TV horror movies. So I would watch these. And, like, my parents, like, I shared a wall with my parents. Like, I couldn't, like, have the TV blaring. So I would just, like, stay up all night watching horror movies on mute. So, like, I had, like, no idea what was going on. Like... And would just, like, watch these horror movies on mute. So that's literally what happened is I <laughs> guess I fell asleep watching matinee. <laughs> but, like, matinee on, on mute. mute. On mute. I love that you're like, I didn't watch horror movies as a kid, but you fell asleep watching B-horror movies on mute. Like, that's incredible. <laughs> like, that, I was just like, okay, so definitely um, matinee was one of the early ones for me. Um, yeah, because it was just, like, what's on. I'm, like, trying to think of, like, other examples, like, uh, 
As I got older, I remember like watching Phantoms on mute, but that was probably a little bit later. Oh, but I honestly just, like didn't know what they were. It wasn't like now where like you see the guide and you know exactly what you're watching. You're just right. like, oh, channel seven, and it's you'd like, have to like yep. switch to the TV guide channel to yes, figure out yeah. what's. Yeah, so I was just like watching like whatever was on like CBS at midnight. I don't know. Basic That's amazing. Cable, I don't know what basic cable channels were, but I was just like <laughs> watching those on mute for like 20 random minutes while I tried to fall asleep. So like, I don't know. That's yeah. amazing. Yep. So, I mean, you kind of, you talked about the gateway horror and stuff. Did you ever really get scared? I mean, obviously, besides the two we're talking about, were you a scared kid when you watched horror movies? <sighs> yes and no. Um so, like, yeah, like, notoriously, I'm, like, terrified of the Crimson Clown, which is uh, notoriously. <laughs> I'm the only one who knows this. Um, not notoriously at all. Um, I'm really scared of the Crimson Clown, which is an Are You Afraid of the Dark episode that, like, absolutely ruined my life. Yeah. Um, totally terrified of it. And, again, being that it's Canadian culture, like, all the actors, like, lived in my town. And I met the kid from the Crimson Clown ripping my ticket at the movie theater. And I was, like, oh. terrified. Um, and he was like, I did that, like, eight years ago. Um, That's and you're like, I don't fucking care. Yeah. I, you've ruined my life. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I did three episodes of Are You Afraid of the Dark? And I'm ripping tickets at the Cineplex, and I have a fan. Um, so, like, love this guy. So, I wonder what he's up to. Um, yeah, Crimson Clown really scared me. Um, my brother was really scared of all the mummy episodes of both Goosebumps and Are You Afraid of the Dark? So, like, all the doll and mummy stuff was... But, I don't know, it didn't scare me that, that much, but it did. So, yeah, I definitely got scared. I wasn't, like, hardened by the gateway horror. I was very much, like, into, like... Oh, my God. But I did not like The Crimson Clown. Every time it came on, I was like, bummer, I have nothing to do tonight because I can't watch that episode. <laughs> and so do you still get scared now as an adult watching horror movies? I know you kind of, like, talked about how you started really watching them and, like, really loved being – that feeling of being scared. But now, do you still get scared? Yes. Like, yeah. very much. Yeah. I love that. I love that so much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, like – it's funny because people always say, like, um, I'm sure you have heard this a million times, both of you, like, um, how do you watch horror? Like, I get so scared. And I'm like, yeah. Like, yeah, same. That's, like, I don't yeah, know. That's, um, that's I definitely point. still get really scared. Obviously, like, maybe I'm desensitized to, like, certain things because we've seen so much of it that, like, I might be like, oh, cool, this gore is so calming. But um, in general, <laughs> yeah, there are certain – and there's, like, specific, like, subtypes and things that scare me more than others. Like what? Home Invasion, I have a very low tolerance ah, for. Ah, yes. Um, I'll still watch it, but I, it really scares me. Like, um, were you two ever into American Horror Story? Yeah, mm -hmm. for a bit, yeah. Okay, so like season one, the yeah. high we've been chasing for nine seasons. I mean, I will say that we kind of attached, we got that a little bit in season two. I am a, yeah, I, will, I, I love season two, but yes, I agree, no, I agree. you're right. That is a high that has not been satisfied. Yeah. I feel like in season one, you can tell a lot about a person by what their scariest episode was, because I feel like each episode kind of like picked on a different type of horror. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, that might be like a really obvious thing that everyone knows, but that's just like something I've always kind of thought. Never and um, for me, it's the home invasion episode. It like, I can't, like, it just absolutely messes me up. So like anytime someone just like breaks through a door and they're like in the house, they like tie people up, stabbing people. It's just, oof. That's so the Strangers, like, your favorite Oh my movie. God, that movie. <laughs> oh, absolutely wrecked me. Like just terrifying. Like I think that's one of the scariest movies that's like come out that I like recall seeing in theaters. Yeah, that movie is intense. <laughs> Do you remember the last film that you saw that, that uh, really scared you? Last film I saw that really scared me. Oh my gosh, such a good question. Hmm. 
What's recent? Ooh, last film that really scared me. That's such a good question. I wish I had a really quick answer. <laughs> I don't know if this is the last one. Because um, another thing, I don't like storms. Weather scares me. Mm. So I would say Crawl got to me a lot. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. cool. Interesting. Yeah. Kind of a home invasion movie, too. It, like, <laughs> follows a lot of the same, you know, beats as a home invasion movie. I'm sure I have a better answer than that, though. But, yeah, definitely Crawl really got to me because I'm scared of storms. That's fair. That's fair. Cool. <laughs> I'd be scared of alligators in my house. So I'm like, I'm like, gator I can handle. <laughs> but that's that, store. I'm not going outside. Lock yeah. me in the house yeah. with the animal. Yep. Uh, oh, I'm that's not... a that is a movie as well called Is it Bright? There's like oh, a the there's tiger? a movie where a woman is yeah, trapped in a house with a tiger. I think that's like bright. Literally trapped in a house. Yeah. With a tiger. Huh. I'll take that over a hurricane like all day long. <laughs> Burning Bright. Oh, Burning Bright. Okay. And so what are some of your favorite horror movies as an adult and your favorite subgenres that you love to watch? Great question. Uh, I love slashers. Even though I'm like scared of home invasions, slashers generally don't scare me. Okay. Even though, but, and I just find them like super comforting. Like I love the Friday the 13th series because I think that like kill compilations are just really comforting. <laughs> Scream is my favorite horror movie, which I know is like, what's your favorite scary movie? Scream. So meta. Oh my God. Um... <laughs> But it's good. Scream is my favorite. But it's good. It um, is good. I really like sci-fi horror, so Alien, Aliens um, are two of my favorite movies as well. Do you have a favorite between those two? You know what? It's actually really hard, and I think if you like asked me two days in a row, you'd probably get two different answers. It's like they're like 1A, 1B. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Um, I'm the same you know? way. Yeah. Whichever one I saw last is probably my favorite. But, yeah. I think they're like, they're just totally different. It's yeah. Like, it's so not. Different. Yeah. They're, just, they're totally different movies. But yeah, I don't know. I have a lot of love faves. Um, I really like, I don't know, is Donnie Darko a horror movie? I really like Donnie Darko. I don't know if it's a horror movie. I think I it's like, definitely it's, genre. That movie scared the shit out of me when I was in fifth grade. <laughs> it's pretty, it's got a scary point. It's like, it's it's grim. Yeah, I didn't understand it, but that bunny rabbit really fucked me up. <laughs> Frank? Frank terrifying. is terrifying. I got really sick Frank earrings this year <gasps> that I just like can't. You got, can't, remember when you were like, you got your Blair Wish ones and I was like, I already bought too oh, many? It's because I got Frank oh, earrings like the cool. same week. Okay, that's awesome. Oh, horror, the, the, the horror acrylic earrings is my new fucking kryptonite. It's a, it's a problem. <laughs> I got two pairs in the mail today um, <laughs> and my giant axes that say red rum came the day I before saw that. that on, like, I saw I that on Twitter. Obsessed. I'm obsessed with them. Can't stop. Cannot stop buying horror acrylic earrings that are like the size of my neck, but I don't give a shit because they're incredible and they're <laughs> incredible statements, and I love them so much. They're the new billboard space. We used to wear graphic tees mm. or whatever. We're so like on our like you know in our small square that I'm like I need new billboard space, and it's now dangling from my ears. <laughs> <laughs> it's an incredible way to describe it. It really is. Wow. I'm, I'm here for it. Um, okay, so on the on the creative side of things, how did you how when did you start writing? How did you get interested in writing about about film? I've always been like the kid who wanted to write and the kid who wanted to write film, not so much write about film. And then kind of like a formative moment for me, like not to give him that much credit, just kidding, he was dope. My uh, high school <laughs> philosophy teacher one day was just like not he was just like the you know that teacher who just like was never having it and like wheeled mm. in the tv mm -hmm. this guy so who's this guy and he wheeled in the tv one day in philosophy class and we watched the matrix and then he was like i want you talking about the like philosophical like pick 
something we've learned this year and like write about it like as it manifests in the matrix so suddenly i was like applying my Mm. philosophy stuff to a movie and i was like okay this rocks and so i like that was like all i wanted to do all the time um in undergrad i studied philosophy and i wrote my like paper on the metaphysics of schwarzenegger movies which was like the most fun that's so (laughs) cool like it's like Um, And my prof was like half having it, half not. Like he was like, I love this, but also your citation is a YouTube clip from the sixth day. You're like, yeah, it is. What of it? (laughs) Yeah, like get on my level. Um, So yeah, I always like like I just really liked doing that. And then I kind of when I was working um, very much not in writing or film. I would, like, take, like, night classes in screenwriting because I just, like, knew I wanted to do something in that realm and something creative. I thought I wanted to write movies. Mm. Um, and maybe I still do. Who knows? But I thought I wanted to, like, write things. But then, I don't know. I just was, like, cool. I started going to a lot of film festivals. Um, I'm so lucky where I am. We have so many really mm. great local film festivals. Um, and so I started, like, blogging about the ones that I liked to see. And then... Yeah, it does. It kind of, I just pushed for it and here I am. Like it took some time to figure it out and realize that my blog was fine, but not great. And to learn what to do. And here I am. That's awesome. Are you still interested in writing movies or is that kind of faded to the background? (sighs) I like, yeah, like I, nothing would make me happier than someone being like, yes, Lindsay, finish your script. We're going to make it. Um, for sure. It's not something I, like, spend my time focusing on. I haven't, like, sat down and, like, my, like, final draft probably expired five years ago. I'm like, who knows? Um, but I love it. I love the idea of creating. I think the reason why I really like film is I always, like, wanted to write. And I used to write, like, short stories and things like that and thought I wanted to write a novel when I was an undergrad. Um, but I noticed that um, my strength is dialogue. Mm-hmm. Movies are just, like, so conducive to that because you're you're doing so much more, like – dialogue writing you're not filling in the you're not setting the stage in the same way and so i think it just kind of like happened that way that i just like loved writing scenes and dialogue and um yeah it would be very cool i feel the same way because um i remember in in like in high school i really was very like wrote a lot of creative short stories i had a novel that i was trying to write and i'd get to about like i don't know page 135 of it and i'd be like i'm (laughs) bored whereas a script that's like a fucking two-hour movie so it's like you can write 90 pages and be done and it's mostly dialogue hello (laughs) unreal like the best and most script edits are like delete this you're like no problem and next time i just won't write it (laughs) exactly yeah uh and so we had so we had mike on he talked a little about a little bit about the pod and the pendulum but I want to hear from you about the pod and the pendulum. I know because you 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 come in as a, a newer co-host, so tell us about the pod and the pendulum and what you do on that podcast. Sure, the pod and the pendulum. Um, I think our tagline is like, uh, you know, we watch your franchise one installment at a time, whether we like it or not. <laughs> um, so the whole um, concept is that we pick a franchise and we start from the top and we make our way all the way through it. Um, usually one episode. Per, per um, movie. Sometimes it's split, but that kind of thing. And yeah, it's really fun. We get to do like really cool deep dives. I think what's cool is we tend to get uh, fans of each installment to show up. So we're never like coming from a place of like this installment sucked and let's get through it. It's very mm-hmm. much like 
get the person that has something cool to say about it and, and kind of talk about it. And we just try to have a lot of fun. Um, sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. Uh, both <laughs> of you joined us. Mary Beth, I think you joined me for like the episode that I still feel like I was the most lethargic for. I was just like, I don't know, I'm out of my element. And Mary Beth did a lot of heavy lifting. <laughs> um, Which one? But uh, that Martyrs? You did, it was... I think it was it Martyrs. Was Martyrs. Yeah. I was like, what was that? Yes, that was Martyrs. Yeah. Which, yeah. And I wish I watched with no subtitles because my subtitles weren't working. And so, listen, oh, I did no. not, I was not the greatest host <laughs> that episode. It was not my greatest work. I had rather a good time. So it's fine. Well, that's good. I mean, just joking. It's our best episode. You should look it up. But anyway, Mary Beth absolutely slayed it. She was so interesting that I like genuinely after I was like, oh my God, I have to like write her a thank you note because she just like raised it up. Like, just huge. So, anyway, love that one. Came out really well. Um, But, yeah, I don't know if you heard. We're, like, kind of on a restructuring hiatus situation right now. So, you can dig in. We have so many episodes. We have, like, 150 episodes plus, I think, like, 40 patron episodes. So, there's so much really excellent content that you should absolutely dig into, especially if you have, like, a franchise you love. Um, I had a lot of fun doing... Let's see, we did so many. We had a lot of fun with the Conjuring verse. I really, really loved doing that because not everyone loves every installment and I do. So I got to like really <laughs> hype them up. Um, and we just like, yeah, we've got like a lot of really cool gems in there. So you should check them out. Cool. That's awesome. So, okay. Now let's mm. get to the good, the, the really, really good stuff. Lindsay, what oh, movie did you bring with you today? <laughs> it's like hard for me to even say. Oh, no. <laughs> Which is so silly. It's so embarrassing. I'm so excited. Um, the movie that I brought today is the... I don't even know anything about it because I've been avoiding it so much that I can't even like give you like a fun intro. Um, so I'm just going to tell you the title. It is Amityville 1992. It's about time. So for those of you who are unfamiliar, which I'm, I'm thinking probably a lot of us are, um, give you a brief synopsis of the film. An architect brings home a mysterious old clock, not knowing that it's haunted by the demonic presence of the Amityville house. Soon, the clock begins to alter time and space and starts to possess members of the household. So, yeah. Lindsay, this is, has like traumatized you beyond belief from what I have gleaned from the internet. Yeah. And so... Why? I want to hear like how you first saw this movie. What about it scared you so much? Like, tell us your horror story about this film, if if you can. <laughs> I can. I can get there. I can do it. Um, it's so it's funny that you say like you don't think people have like really heard of it, and I had like hoped that I would live a life free of this movie, having it <laughs> being lost in obscurity. And one day I like opened my Shutter app, and it was like <laughs> movies you should check out or whatever the titles are in Shutter. <laughs> And it was like, like it all came like rushing back to me. And I was like, how could they do something like this to me? Like, I thought this was like a movie that like no one would ever know existed. Um, and I was accosted by it on the Shutter app. Um, I saw this movie at Stephanie's sleepover party in grade seven. Hey, Stephanie. Shut hey, Steph. Stephanie. How you been? Been a while, Steph. <laughs> Shout out to your sick parents who rented this movie. Um, so we were in grade six or seven, probably seven, because Steph switched schools. And I'm pretty sure she switched in grade seven. I'm in grade six. And, uh, you know, she she wanted us to all get to know each other. And so she had a sleepover, as we all did. Uh-huh. And her parents like, we rented a scary movie. And I was like, cool, I can handle this in front of, like, all my cool grade six friends and the cool new girl everybody wants to be friends with. 
And it was a horror show, just an absolute nightmare that uh, absolutely wrecked my life. Um, you two have now seen it, and I won't. I mean, I guess we're just like no spoiler. Oh, it's all like spoilers. going for it, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yes, one hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, very early in the movie, there's a gross dog death, and uh, I think it just like sets the tone. Like we were so young, and we all had dogs, and her dog was there, and there's this like terrifying gross dog death and it was like that just like set the tone for what was next and it scared me yeah yeah and i remembered everything Rewatching it i was like i remember every beat except one which we'll we'll get to i remember every beat and was like that scared me and that scared me (laughs) that scared me so it's just like a running tally of 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 scary scenes just just constantly traumatizing you yeah, and I know you're not going to believe this part, but I went – so my parents that night um, went to, like, some – I don't even remember. I should actually have asked them before this, and they'll probably be like, we don't know what you're talking about. But they were at something, and they bought me a new cloth. No! And when I came no! home, I swear, when I came home, terrified like we got you a new clock, and I didn't – I stared at that thing. No. I put it um, – I kept lifting it up because I wanted to make sure that it didn't, like, drill into the wall, you know? Yeah. Because I, like, didn't trust it. Shut up. I swear. I, like, oh, God. I remember it was, like, a tiny little, like, black, like, it was a it was an analog clock. Is that what they're called? An analog clock that was, like, tiny and black on, like, a swivel. And, uh, yeah, they were like, oh, we got this new clock for you. And I was like, wow, this is the worst. Um, and I was so scared of it. <laughs> but, like, also, my, like, weird angst made me, like, completely unable to tell my parents that I didn't want the clock. I just, like, kept it and kept checking <laughs> to make sure it that it didn't drill through into the my mantle. house. Yeah. I was like, okay. Oh, my God, Lindsay. Yeah, real. So it just absolutely ruined me. Wow. <sighs> so I had never heard of this movie. Until you brought it <laughs> Lucky up. Lucky you. Um, You're welcome. And boy, oh boy, it is fucking something. Also, this is quite a movie to watch at a slumber party because it's pretty horny. It's super horny. It's super horny. Um, I have like a, a running, like, I will always mention that siblings in movies, like no one who's ever written, acted, or directed <laughs> a sibling in a movie has a sibling in real life <laughs> because they always flirt with each other. Always. Okay. So that that, the scene where... I think his sister is with her boyfriend and the brother is watching yeah. them and is like, oh, romance is so disgusting. I'm like, are you jealous of him? Aren't you her brother? I was so confused by that. I was like, did I miss something here? Like, what is this dynamic between the two of them? Every movie. No one no. I don't understand. The only realistic siblings in film history are Donnie Darko and his sister because they are real siblings. They're the only time I've ever seen siblings and been like, yes, correct. Every other time they're like, have like knowing glances and they like rub heads. You're like, what? I just finished watching you and she's in the bath with her brother, like hugging oh, naked. Okay. I'm I like, just got I'm to sorry. that scene. I just got to that scene in the, in the third season where she's like imagining him in, in the, and I'm like, what? <laughs> what is going on here? Well, I'm telling you, n- no sibling in history, in film history or TV history. The the Walshes from 90210 would like give each other like fuck me eyes like the whole time. <laughs> and they would like sit on each other's laps. And never in my life. Never in my entire never in my life, life with my two brothers have ever. No, I just like, again, like you said, Donnie Darko, how does one suck a fuck? And they're yelling at each other at the dinner table. Like, that. like that's right. Exactly that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it is super horny. And the brother, like, so the moment, like, that part, but also when the sister comes in and she's, like, just turned evil and she's all hot and he's like, hello. 
no, that's not a thing. Yeah, I, I was like, <laughs> I took a note on that part. I was like, what is happening in this movie? Yeah. Well, she puts her time And then, of course, it becomes literal because she's, like, literally coming on to him and licking his ear. Yes. I think in his ear. Like, his, his ear canal. Um, <laughs> just yeah. probing it for wax. I'm so sorry. That was disgusting. I apologize oh. that I said that. Anyway, but also, but, like... Before we go out, like to the end of the movie, there also is the very, very sweaty sex scene at the beginning between the dad and his ex girlfriend Andrea, and but that the dynamic of this whole movie is fascinating, like the family dynamic here because it's the dad who is an architect, he has two kids, and then the ex girlfriend, um, like, like babysat the kids basically, and their mom passed away. She and then Andrea lived with them for a couple of years, then moved out, but now she's back. So I thought that was a very interesting, just like weird dynamic of romance going on in this film. I was really confused about her relationship to Jacob. She's his ex. They're fucking. She's inserting herself in the family while telling him that she doesn't want to be part of the family. She's has a boyfriend. They're fucking. She's mad that he's pulling him back into the family. Then she's like saying, oh, poor baby. Oh, honey. While pouring peroxide is like, I'm like, I don't understand this dynamic between the two of them. Maybe adult relationships are messy. Yes. But like, I don't get this. It's weird because it's just like, why? Like, why when they were writing it, they were like, here's the twist. (laughs) (laughs) right well and like she gets girlfriend of the year award though because the fuck like she really and oh to a fault though because the fact that she stayed for all of this and was like no bound like boundaries friends like we need to put up boundaries and she was like no okay i'll take you to the hospital and stay on your couch for three days after you get attacked by a dog which we will talk about and just like the shit that she goes through this entire movie for this man who ain't shit. Like, let's just be honest here. Like, this man ain't no. shit. Wild what what she goes through for this man. It's not even her house. It's not her kids. It's, it's just her like, house. what in the hell? You don't even live there. I don't know. It just baffled my mind the entire movie. I was like, would you just leave? The best is that the only time she gets mad is like the only time it's not reasonable to be mad. So like... Everything that happens, she's just like, oh, stop flirting with me. I need to go home. And then he, like, tries to kill her, and she's like, oh, I still love you. But then the part where she gets mad is when he's, like, completely incapacitated in the hospital, and she right? has to drive him home. He he is completely incapacitated. His leg has been shredded, and he's, like, drugged up. And she's like, you... Blah, 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 How dare you and, like, pull me back into then. this? <laughs> That's when she gets mad. She's like, "You're, I'm leaving. I, how dare you? This is just like our really always like our relationship where I have to come back and take right. care of you." I'm like, "Dude, he did just get attacked by a dog. <laughs> like this one. You were just fucking the night before too." <laughs> Yeah, and I just have to reiterate how sweaty that scene was. Like in a way that it was like I can't. In a way that I was like, this is so unnatural. It's distracting. It looks like you dipped them in water and then had them have sex. And I was like, I just. I was just imagining some poor gaffer on the thing, just going this entire time. He's like, is this good? No, sweatier, more wet. There's also, like, to, to reference another movie that absolutely scarred me, um, there's, like, the billowing sheets that remind me of that sex scene in Audition. Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> yes. The, you know, and, it, like, it, like, the, it, like, pans inward with these, like, billowing curtains. And I'm like, <laughs> yes. what is this guy's face? An architect. This is his bedroom choice? Okay. 
He's like billowing. I don't know. It's bizarre. And another very tiny detail that first that stuck out. He falls asleep in the most awkward position with his neck on the pillow. Like he just passes <laughs> out. And everything about that scene is just so awkward and like feels like someone who like has watched a lot of porn but maybe has never had sex with a woman before. <laughs> right. And like not to well, be yes. rude and like live your life, but also like this is a very weirdly written scene. <laughs> Well, in the conversation that's happening at the same time where she's like, she's complaining that she can't compete with the dead woman, like with the kids. And then he makes a comment about, I had to write this down. I hate having regret for breakfast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. When they're like in the like, when he's like turning on music or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, that whole sequence is just, I was so confused as to what is happening. Is, are these real people? Incredible. Do you two ever watch those, um, those like made for TV thrillers on TV ever? I can't even like think of an example because it's like, again, something you watch like on TV like, and like you just like get like lost on a Sunday. That are, like, I guess they're lifetime. Well, my, my friend went through a phase of watching them and texted me while he was watching them with his wife. And there was one that was incredible about, like, a woman and her daughter and text. I don't know. But, yes, I am very aware of how weird they're this They're always called, like, the bad son who lives next door. Like, they're, like, <laughs> the these, like, I don't know. I think they might be Lifetime. We don't have Lifetime, so I, like, oh, okay. whatever. So, but they're, but I assume it's the same thing. Because, like, what I know about Lifetime movies, I'm like, yes, yeah, same thing. Yeah. So... We have them on, like, ABC Spark. I don't know. So, yeah. Anyway, those movies always start with a sex scene mm. in, like, the first, like, ten minutes that, like, has nothing to do with anything. So, I, like, it kind of reminded me of that. I was like, maybe this is, like, a made-for-TV thriller that just went too far. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, this was released directly to VO, to video. I like – I say VOD. It was released to VHS. VOD. Of, of <laughs> <laughs> in 1992. <laughs> Although apparently in the Philippines it was released in the movie theaters. What? <laughs> random. That's that was on IMDb incredibly or incredibly uh, random. So random and sucks for them. <laughs> and it was called The Curse of Amityville, the final chapter. Uh-oh. I don't think it actually was the final chapter. Hmm. I think there never might be. in the history of final chapters. Has the final chapter been the final never. chapter? Oh, never. <laughs> no. But so it's, well, and it's funny because this introduction is just like so campy and weird. And then it gets, and but then I was like, but then it gets really fucked up. Like the next morning when he goes for the run and that's when the dog attack happens. And that's when I was like, wait, hold on. What kind of movie is this? <laughs> like, I'm very confused. But I know that Terry, we talked about this a little bit about the dog attack scene. Peaches, the German Shepherd. So- there, I, I, this is my first watch as well, but watching this movie, it brought back two kind of bad memories for me. And the first one is being attacked by a German shepherd oh. because that scene was very vicious and it was so fucking vicious. And it reminded me of like when I was attacked by a German shepherd that was, I was 13. I might've told the story when we talked to April Wolf on, uh, with Cujo. I can't remember the podcast brain, but, um, I was like 13. I was a male ki- delivery kid and the one neighbor across the street wanted me to pick up flyers and deliver them around the neighborhood as well. He was going to pay me. So I went to their house, went inside. They had a German shepherd. They put him in the garage. The wife went upstairs to go get the husband. And as she was left and I was standing in the doorway, the dog jumped down the door and went lunging for my throat. Yeah. My arm was in the way. I have two <gasps> scar marks, two bite marks. You won't be able to see on my camera of where the dog went for my throat, but my arm was in the way. I was 13. Oh my goodness. And that Good was instinct. the second time. 
I was bit by a dog. Second. Oh Jesus God. Christ, Terry. Because when I was like eight, I was bitten by a Doberman pincher that bit my back. <gasps> oh, my God. Wow. You got like the, the two big scary dogs. The two. <laughs> the two. Uh-huh. The two. The two. They both bit you. And so watching this scene, because this scene is is very vicious. It's surprisingly vicious, but particularly as the dog's going for the guy's thigh. I was like, I don't know if I've ever seen that in cinema Biting the leg, yes. Biting, like, the, you know, your pants or that kind of thing, yes. But the thigh, like, it was going to town on that poor man. I legitimately yeah. thought, like, back. his leg was, like, was not, he was not going to have a leg. Because the way they zoom in on, like, the dog tearing into his leg, it looks like it's no longer attached to his body. Mm-hmm. It's, like, shredded off his body. Mm-hmm. I thought, I was like, oh, is he, like, I assumed he was not going to have a leg by the end. Yep. Yeah. It's vicious. And, like, Peaches is introduced at the beginning because Peaches – I love the name Peaches, by the way, especially for a German shepherd. Like, what? <laughs> like, it's just so Hilarious. funny. <laughs> it's but very funny. Peaches appears at the beginning of the movie and just runs into their house and barks at the clock, which I was like, wait, is Peaches – I, again, didn't know if Peaches was their dog or just some random neighborhood dog. My first dog. note was that Peaches was their dog because I just assumed it was their dog. And then he's like, you don't belong here. And I'm like – Oh, so she opens the door Led for Peaches to come in and bark at the clock and then for Peaches to leave. And I was like, I mean, the gr- I'd love to have us like a dog drop by and say hey and leave my house. But also, that's a little bizarre that your dog is just roaming the neighborhood. But hey, what can you do? I also, the dog scene um, confuses me. I'm curious y'all's take on this. I'm like very, um, I'm like the person who like wants to figure out the internal logic and I can never, like, the the clock makes the house do a lot of things, which we'll definitely get into. And it makes the girl, um, the sister, an evil version of herself and the dad an evil version of himself. They do leave the house, but mostly while they're in the house is when things are happening. Like, they don't have these, like, powers until they're in the house. But, like, what is up with Peaches and that woman being, like, outside, nowhere near the house and that interference and then them being like oh that never happened that is a great question because i also was thinking there not being any wounds yeah and yeah exactly because when because he hits peaches with the bottle to get her get get mm-hmm. her off of him and so when andrea goes and says hey mrs tapman like does your dog have vaccines like is your dog okay and she goes what the fuck are you talking about which then got into my head of like what actually happened was it actually peaches was it actually mrs tapman like what is have like what was what are the rules? Yeah, what are the rules? Because like you said, I don't think this movie knows what the rules are. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Everything else seems pretty consistent, though. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's a good point, though, because I was thinking about that at the end. Like, wait, like as silly as silly as parts of this movie are, there is kind of like a relatively understandable logic in terms of like the mm-hmm. clock has drilled itself into the mantelpiece and like it is infecting the house <laughs> and the people that live here also it drills it literally drills itself into the mantelpiece everybody it's incredible yeah. yeah and i didn't understand like the purpose of the of him getting bitten like was that like in my head it was like he was getting infected that way i don't know how because it doesn't necessarily make sense but that was like an infection moment again logically does not really make sense but it just felt like an omen fan moment. Like, they were just like, there's going to be a scary dog in this movie, too. Like, because this True. movie's super, like, um, even though it's an Amityville 
ish movie. It's very like poltergeist. Yes. It's very you know? poltergeist. Yeah. That opening is very poltergeist, especially so... with like the tract houses and like the new new phase is coming and and he's yeah. like an architect like and and you have the dog that runs in and is barking. Like there's there's definite like moments that I'm like, okay, this is totally cribbing from poltergeist. 100%. So I just kind of like I like watched that moment and I was like I feel like it's just like a couple of like horror references. But I, yeah, it doesn't make sense in the logic of the movie for me. Well, and then it also apparently can possess a ice cream fan. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that was also out of the house, mm-hmm. which is like weird. That was my favorite scene in the entire movie because <laughs> so it's the na- the neighbor. What is her name again? Iris. Oh, I forget her name. Iris. Okay. Yeah. Iris Wheeler. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Who, Mrs. Wheeler. Is she having an affair with Rusty? What is their relationship? That was another weird thing. So, like, Rusty is the metalhead son who loves watching, like, metal on his little TV. And Iris Wheeler is the old neighbor. And they play – he skips school to play chess with her. And, like, I thought they were going to have sex at one point because that's kind of the vibe that we got. Um, (laughs) Me too. But she somehow knows everything about ghosts all of a sudden and, like, sees the house at the beginning transform into the Amityville house and doesn't really say anything until Rusty says something. Like, she just watches it happen and she goes, She's like, yeah, I've been known. All right, cool. And then, like, goes away. But she... Yeah. Her role... I loved her, though. I thought she was incredible. Me too. I want a whole movie about her because I feel like she has a story. But she dies in the... In the... In... An unfortunately funny way where, like, she's walking down the street, her cane gets stuck. In Ghostbusters ooze. Yes! In the street. And then she gets hit by the van. so scary. But then the best part is she gets hit by the van and just lays on the ground and she goes, just leave me here. (laughs) She's like, I'm fine. And laughs maniacally, just <laughs> she's, she's a whippersnapper. She's like, she's like, yeah, she's that, she's that archetype. Um, I'm picturing um, uh, now and then they have that like <gasps> spiritual woman they yes. visit. She's like that. She's and she's the guide. And then I feel like it also not to like keep bringing it up. It's not just because I watched it like three times this month um, or last month, but also like the Donnie Darko bit where they're like crazy miss. Like, yeah. like Donnie is like, I'm attuned to something and I need to talk to this woman because she's attuned to it, too. Mm-hmm. It really kind of felt like that. Yeah. Yeah, and then, like, on the sun thing, what upset me is, like, there are, like, two tiny – one large and one tiny detail that I forgot about this movie out of, like, everything. I completely wiped the sun from my memory completely, (laughs) which, like, how – I don't know how I, like, completely forgot he was in this movie at all. And it's bizarre because, like, that is the dude I would have absolutely had a crush on in grade seven. Like, that that is, like – that is some John Connor-ass shit (laughs) that I would have been, like – absolutely climbing the walls for and it's wild to me that i was like so scared of this movie that i like erased him from my memory like i wasn't even like oh there's a hot hero you're like, like i he can't just... even have any positive association with this movie i he's like a main he's like the main character like one the of the main characters earring. And, oh it's dangling mm. oh my god the earring and the haircut that sort of grunge look mm-hmm. uh, i was here for it i was oh like my yeah, god i would have had a huge crush on this kid huge up. And I did not remember that he existed. So his relationship with that woman, like, I was like, who do I remember her talking to? Like, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. But she has, like, all her, like, occult books. And she's like, you saw this mantle with the thing? Let me grab the book that has the image that I completely recall at the top of my head. Like, an incredible, an incredible archetype in horror of just like, oh, yes, I have an encyclopedic knowledge of all of my occult library. And I know exactly what you're talking about. And it's like, yep, that's But I, I... 
I did love that she calls because, like, the, at one point she's talking about this French, like he's seeing into the past in in France, I guess, of this like torture room, and she talks about the the this necromancer, but then she says that a necromancer is French for someone who eats the dead, and that's. It's not true. It's not not true. I know she said that. And I was like, you know what? We're just going to glaze over that. We're just going to let it go. <laughs> let that one go. But, okay. So I've seen, like, the original Amityville Horror, and I've seen the remake with Ryan Reynolds with a shirt off. Um, is there, like, a mytho- like is there a mythology like that established in, like, the other movies of the Amityville series? Like, did I miss something? That's literally what I was going to ask you. Because okay. I was so scared of this movie that I never saw the Ryan Reynolds one because oh. it was too adjacent. That I was like, shirtless Ryan Reynolds will not sell me because if there's a friggin' clock, it will ruin my life. So I never saw the Amityville movie. And as it was happening, I was like, no, but I know about Amityville um, tangentially just ten- – I always say that word wrong um, because it's like the one word I never get right. Um, maybe there are more. But I always um, – I know about it just a bit because of all of the uh, Warren's research I did for like conjuring stuff. Yeah. And no, I do not like the Amityville house was not in France. Is there some? Yeah, I don't know if there's so, like, like connective tissue there. In the remake, from what I remember, there is like a little bit more lore about like a guy who tortured. I think it was was it indigenous people or slaves in the house, like in the basement. I yeah, is that I right, mean, Terry? Yes, so we watched it that, for the podcast, is... and I'm trying to remember because it was so weird because. Yeah, in the original, which has absolutely nothing to do with like real life. Yeah, it was the original thing was just that the son from the like the son killed the family, and then that family and uh, like the original owners, and then the new family moved in. Like there wasn't any other kind of lore behind it, was there? Like about not that I remember. Okay, I, okay, no. I, that's what I thought. That like I you know I don't think I okay. So I have I've seen the very first Amityville, the original one. Um, I've now seen this one, and I've seen I've seen the remake. Um, I remember as a kid wanting to see uh, Amityville 3, 3D, because on the back, there's like this gnarly, everything had to be 3D back oh, in like the 80s. 100%. Uh, but there was like this, this gnarly picture on the back of like someone, I think they were in a well and there's like some kind of aquatic creature like grabbing him. And he's like, ah, like that. And I remember always wanting to see that. I don't think any of the movies really had much of a continuity between the two. I think the second one is based actually on another novel uh for about amityville but i think after that i think they sort of just took the idea that this house is creepy and possession let's run with it because this movie does do that a little bit like it kind of brings to mind the original amityville with like the father getting possessed by the house and going you know psychotic on the family and trying to murder everyone so you know there's that kind of line and then that i I, what i loved is that i we're we're at this house and i'm thinking okay we're in california and i see the two like windows and it's like okay so they're they're obviously trying to like bring us back to the amityville on the east coast and i yeah i think that might be about it yeah yeah it almost felt like um one of those like what do they call the dtv sequels where they're like this isn't a good enough movie but if we just slap amityville onto it yeah i mean i don't know i have like no insight into the production of this movie but i take it back i have seen amityville 4 because amityville 4 
uh, there is a lamp and the lamp is haunted and it leaves the house. Like, I think they, and that's where like the evil escapes is the subtitle of that one because the lamp has moved from that house and the ghost followed along with it. Terry, I have so many lamps now. I got rid of all my clocks <laughs> and now I've got to deal with lamps. <laughs> this is like another creepy kind of, it was a, I remember it being a kind of a creepy lamp. There's, a, oh, there's, another, there's another one I just saw where it's a mirror. <laughs> it's like, oh my oh, God, just, don't, I can't. <laughs> Okay. Sorry. I have like a, this is so, I don't know if I'm like skipping ahead. So stop me if I'm, if I'm skipping ahead and like in a thread that you have going. So to me, one of the scariest things that I don't know, like what came for is a chicken or the egg scenario. One of the scariest things for me is like when a person um, thinks they can get help, but help is like just out of reach. Oh. Um, especially when it's like kind of a trick, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's why I like the movie Oculus, I think, is one of the scariest mm-hmm. movies recently. I don't know why I didn't think of that when you asked me. Oculus really messed me up. Specifically the scene where she, like, thinks she called the cops. And then the oh. phone's like, JK, bitch. Yeah. Terrifying to me. And the scene from this movie where the cops come and mm. she's banging on one side. And she's like, help. Like, like I'm in here. And, and then from the just... other side, they see nothing. Yep. Whew. scariest scene in the movie i think and the thing that i think about all the time like to me that's the scariest it's a good scene and it's set up earlier where the the daughter it goes and back to, down to the living room and the doors slam and she's pounding on the door and then we get like the vig- vision outside the door and there's like no sounds coming out of it so yeah that that's uh those were two moments that definitely stuck out to me of like being oh that's actually kind of kind of inventive and creepy Ooh. And just, there's a mirror in the scene with the daughter and then Oculus is a mirror. So similar. So as you said, mirrors, I was like, oh, yeah, scary. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't think there's like really any narrative thread here. I think they just kind of made well, that up. But I did, again, like this movie has its weird, strange moments. But again, we talked about inventiveness, that scene where Rusty is trying to light on and off and the, the room changes. Mm. I thought that was pretty clever and pretty freaky. I'm just being like, wait, the fuck? And then it doesn't happen every time he turns the light on and off, and then it does, and the light bulb shatters. And there's just these moments where, like, the house completely changes. And I've talked about this before in horror movies, like, (laughs) houses that aren't what they look like, aren't what they appear to be, really scare me. Um, I don't really know why, but, like, just the idea of having a house that looks like a normal house and then it changes or, like, is not what it looks like on the outside. It's bigger, it's smaller, whatever, like, really gets into my head. And this made me think about this movie as a cosmic horror movie, which sounds like a very, like, elevated label for this movie. But there are these cosmic horror moments, like, where the house changes shape and size and, like, has this really weird kind of, like, everything's, like perception of reality shifts like there are multiple mm-hmm. moments where people are like i'm losing like literally just say i'm losing my mind because things change things appear and i think this like this playing with time and space really makes this kind of have a cosmic horror vibe to me which was a pretty surprising thing while watching it but that moment where rusty's trying to light on and off really got me thinking about that and as the movie continues i think there's like a kind of an interesting cosmic horror incomprehensibility vibe going through this that I found really interesting. Yeah. Shortly after the light scene, I mean, I think he, maybe it's, I think it's shortly after, um, he loses time. Like he leaves Mm -hmm. the room and comes back and they're like, where'd you go? And he's like, what? Oh, that's when the light scene happens, I think. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I can't remember. I, like, I already forget. But that's weird that I can't remember that. Oh, God. Lost um, time. Oh, God. It's happening. Oh, God. It's happening. It's, happening. <laughs> it's been five it's hours. Wind. Oh, my God. You're back, um, Lindsay. Where have you been? Oh, no. No. oh God. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, boy. Oh, that's a nightmare. Um, but <laughs> he loses time. I, I know it comes back in and 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 she's dressed up like she's going to bed with her hair up and like she's like yeah dinner's in the in the in the fridge and i was like oh that's that's kind of i you know it's it's a simple scene but it, it's really effective in establishing that like the laws of physics do not apply to this house yeah and that always just like kind of gets in my head about like when you're home and it's like that that very like very cheesy thing with horror but like the domestic space being terrifying i think because like i was such a scared kid and home was always like the place where i thought i was safe like that kind mm. of stuff always really get, like fucks with my head so i thought it was yes. really effective in terms of making this house feel so dangerous and like that the clock is literally transforming the house into something completely different but i think it captures that kind of fear really well and like you said Lindsay, with the part where she's that that scared the shit out of me when she's knocking on the door and they're looking through and again like once again time and space is being warped by the house where you think oh i'm seeing i i am seeing i am perceiving something outside but they are not perceiving me back and like that's such a weird mind fuck that is just a horrif a horrifying thing to think about it's just like that helplessness is just really harrowing I agree. What I'm saying is this movie like fucked me up more than I expected. <laughs> I was, this is what I'm saying. Like I was because scary and like, look, I get it. There's some really weird shit in this movie and it's silly, but there's also some stuff in this movie that's pretty fucked up and like kind of freaky. Like, so it's fascinating. Thank you for the validation. Of course. <laughs> of course. I appreciate it. Because I was like rewatching it. Obviously, I was like traumatized so much by it that I was watching it through the lens of like, I'm already scared of this. Yeah. But, like, there are some parts, like, there's a part I remember really scaring me is the part where the guy gets, like, eaten by the floor tar. Oh, my God, yes. Um, it scared me so much. Like, I f would, like, look at the ground more because I didn't want to step in a puddle. Like, oh. it scared me so much. No. But then when you watch it, he's, like, very obviously, like, wearing, like, a rubber floor. Like, you can see the seam of, like where he is so as much as it was like re-scaring me like i was still scared because i remember it being so scary i was like oh this is pretty like silly and very like bad fx but then there are a couple moments that i'm like no this movie is scary that is a scary thing that's happening like there are a few like legit scares the scene that i absolutely really love and i thought holds up even well today is when you know, Lisa, like, she can't sleep. She goes upstairs, says, hey, can I sleep in here with you? She's like, sure, go get your pillow. She goes downstairs. She gets trapped in the room. But then Andrea is in bed and the door opens up and she's assuming that it's Lisa coming in and you hear the squelching. There's like something is squelching as it's walking toward her, gets into bed, the covers fly up, you know, and she like reaches over and her hand goes into that same tar that eventually would eat the um, underwear boyfriend. And it's really well done. And this, the, the bed sort of like, I, I guess there's like a shape in it and it sort of like bulbously moves up and then she gets up and turns on the light. Of course, there's nothing there, but like, I really like that scene. I thought that scene was really well done. And once again, like Lisa in the room trying to get out, no one can hear her mm -hmm. like that. Again, that kind of like someone should be able to hear me, but not like that moment. And like, 
I, I love me a good, and I, Megan Navarro just wrote an article about this actually on Bloody Disgusting of like the background scares, like where something walks in yes. and he's like not in focus. But oh, I love that stuff so much. It's so effective. And also makes me terrified at night when I'm in bed and I think about that stuff where I'm like, <laughs> yeah. don't move. Don't think about it. Like that might just be my just cat or it could be something else. It's hard when you have pets I feel like- and they do things to you in the middle of the night and you're like, is it my pet? Or is it a monster? <laughs> 100%. Mary Beth, I wonder if you have the same experience with me as me as a glasses wearer. I was going to say that like the master or at least the person who has exploited the background scare the most recently is Mike Flanagan without a doubt. And um, as much as like Hill House is certainly the one that pays. Uh, oh my gosh. What's the, I was going to say, what's the King adaptation he did? Like that specific, what's the King adaptation he did with a married couple? Gerald's game. Gerald's oh, game. That's the one. Yeah. The thing in Gerald's game, how she, like, sees a guy in the mm-hmm. corner of her room. Mm-hmm. Like, story of my life. Because I'm curious, like, as a glassware, like, I don't, I can't see anything at night. Oh, I'm wearing contacts. Oh, you wear contacts. Okay. So, I legitimately have to, had to fall asleep with my glasses on my face for fucking years. Because I was so terrified of waking up and seeing something in my room that I would fall asleep with my glasses on to make sure that, like, if I woke up, I could see immediately. Because, like... My, wow. I'm terrified of the dark. I'm still scared of the dark. I don't, I admit it. I love horror and I'm still scared of the dark. 100%. Whatever. But I have such, but I have terrible vision, like negative eight, like whatever. Negative six. And so I really I'm can't. I'm in the sevens. Oh my us. God, yay, terrible Look at us. Six, seven, eight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> terrible vision club. But I just, I have such a hard time seeing that I'm so terrified that if I don't have my glasses on, like I'm dead. Like it's like one hundred percent is like a huge fear of mine. Like I used to, I used to be scared of not having my glasses on in the fucking shower. Like if I didn't have my contacts in, I'd be scared to have my glasses off in case someone came around in the shower curtain. Because you can't see. You can't see. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, so combine. I'm like sorry to do this to you, but I'm sure that you're already gonna be like, yes, I know. But like I have like so in my uh, my place, I can see like my bookshelf, my like really tall narrow bookshelf from my bed in like a distant corner. So that scene from Gerald's game just like absolutely wrecked me because when you don't have your glasses on and it's dark, you just see these like shadowy figures in the background. Yep. And I'm always like grabbing my glasses. Um, did you see the movie? Did you see Seance? I'm not I talking did. about every movie. I did except the new one, mm-hmm. the Simon Barrett movie. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So there's this there's a glasses moment that's like fine. And I, I was, like, weirdly disappointed because I was like, man, it would have been really cool to have, like, a really good glasses scare of, like, a character, like, putting on her glasses and seeing nothing and then, like, taking them off and seeing something. Like, I was like, we could have had, like, a, you know, the, like, lights out, how it's, like, yeah. the lights mm-hmm. on, it gets closer and closer. I was like, we could have totally had a, like, Spider-Man on and off moment and then there's, like, a scare when she puts her glasses on or something. Anyway. That's like not a part of that. But it's like a very weird tangent. I think you but need to write that in a in a script. I, yeah, I, like, like, I love that because that's fucking terrifying. You're like, right. ugh, ugh. You just see like shadows, and your brain fills in the blanks, and it's nighttime and it's dark, and you're like, that there's a man in here. Yep. And in Gerald's game, it was, and it absolutely ruined me. For yep, a yep. My cat mm-hmm. does that. Where like sometimes she'll sit on like see so we have like our bed and then a bookshelf at the like. Like right across from the bed, and my cat will sit sometimes on the bookshelf. And if I wake up and I see her, I like shit my pants a little bit, thinking that oh I don't know what that is, and it's just my cat. But like, when you're like half awake and don't have your glasses on, it's dark. You're like, it's over. <laughs> that's it. This, <laughs> this is this it. This is it. It's the end. But then like, and then you think you're gonna put on your glasses and be fine. But like, that's yeah. Not but then like the other thing is also <laughs> I'm a dumbass and have shit like this in my house. So if I don't have my glasses on or it's dark, right. I'm like, well, I'm 
preparing myself. I'm like setting myself up for failure here, but here I am still having <laughs> stuff hanging on my yourself. walls. <laughs> at least this well, is my office, and like I don't see this without my glasses, at least because that would mm. that would be a disaster situ- situation. <laughs> it's no good. It's no good. <laughs> Can we talk about Leonard? Sure. Yeah. The psychiatrist boyfriend. Oh my god! Who Please, can we talk I about Leonard? <laughs> think is on speed this entire okay. movie. I, I I I let me chime in on Leonard because I actually like, wrote this down and I'm actually curious. I'm not even gonna look, but I'm curious what ner- what like language I used while like frantically writing this down while scared and thinking that I was slick. <laughs> His anxious Jewish representation in this movie was great. <laughs> And I was thrilled to have him. I was, I was like, oh. <laughs> he is like, I was like, well, I feel like comedic relief a little bit, like a, like a little bit there. If there's one thing about Jews that I know is that when we're nervous, which is always because we're always anxious, we speak a lot very quickly. So having some guy roll up and pretend to play <laughs> it cool, but then like anxiously say so much, I was like, yeah. I literally thought I had somehow turned it on two times speed. He was just like talking <laughs> so fucking fast. But yeah. Besides that though, his character is fascinating. So he's he is psychoanalyzing fascinating. every single fucking person in this house. But also at the same time is coming into this house and then having sex with his girlfriend in the house of her ex-boyfriend where she used to taking live. Taking his claim. Taking a bath. Who's taking his claim? It's, like, weird. Taking the bath was the weird thing. The weir- taking the bath was a super weird thing. And, like, walking around in a robe, heating up food. I'm like, are you, like, trying to, like, show dominance here? Because it's really bizarre. Like, like again, with this with this movie, the di- romantic and parental yeah. and familial dynamics are just so bizarre. And, like, that's the difference between – that's the dichotomy between the Jewish actor and the Jewish writer. Because let me tell you – or so, and, like, a non-Jewish writer is that – the Jew showed up and was like, I mean, I'm assuming that I don't know this actor at all, but I'm going to assume this Jewish guy shows up and he's like, you know, talking real fast, real nervous, real anxious. And I'm like, yes, we're seen. He takes a bath. I'm sorry. No, none of us, would, <laughs> none of us are like taking a bath in some stranger's house. I can tell you right now. Definitely like, not happening. Like, it's like a stranger's house, but it's also like your ex, your like girl, kind of girlfriend's Bizarre. ex's house. And you know something weird is going on because you've already had a couple experiences like at the table where he's sitting at the table thinking that the dad is pointing a gun at him. Like that was also pretty terrifying. Uh, and like, so a, scary. A moment where he's like, slowly breaking down and he thinks he's about to die and then all of a sudden the guy's gone and again like these moments in this movie are really effective in kind of creating like this feeling of madness of all of these characters so then why did Leonard even come back I would be like I'm out like I can't I know. I'd be like bye <laughs> good luck with this family I'm I'm out of, out of here I'm out of here they have like a romantic dinner out back they do <laughs> They, when he's like, what do they say? They're like, oh, I love Chinese. And he's like, it's actually Laotian. Laotian. <laughs> love it. Loved him. Love him. Favorite character. I also love how they're like, oh, we're having a picnic. And they're like, hey, Rusty, want to come eat with us? And I was like, who, what, who, who are any of you? Like, I don't understand how any of you go about interacting with the world. And that's fine. Like Terry said, relationships are messy. But th- these relationships are just a garbage fire. <laughs> 
I'm the dude's like trying to like psychoanalyze them. Oh god, so I great. loved oh it. God. But I love there's 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 one moment where he's like, she tells him that well, I used to live here, and he's like, that's right, you used to, you used to, no more. I'm sorry, I don't mean to yell, I don't yell. How much more can you take? Like it's like this, the dichotomy this and but, like the the language. It just I'm like this is this is fantastic. But honestly, that part too, I was like, but I get that that whole vibe. I get because like the anger of like I don't want to be mad at you, but what the fuck are you doing here? Like what is <laughs> happening here? Like why are you? in this house like why are you doing this like i need to like look this guy up so i'm like so secure in my assessment but he might just like be from new york like he is from new york i did (laughs) yeah i'm like so secure in my assessment of him but i could be very wrong but yeah his like real rapid talking discomfort but trying to pretend like he's chill i'm like yeah i know that guy i've been him (laughs) come to like a haunted house with me and um so like i definitely scream a lot there's no secret but like i i will speak out loud like i could be by myself i do it while i'm watching scary movies i will react to them (laughs) and like nervous blabber i'll be like in a haunted house i'll be like oh okay this is a demon. You're looking at me. That ghost. I mean, your makeup looks great. Very scary. Very afraid of what I'm saying. Like, I will, like, narrate it. I love that. That's amazing. I love that so much. It's yeah. a series of you doing that. I'm just like, great. Look great. Awesome. Congratulations. You look this is re- very scary. I'm very scared. I'm going to be very upset about this later. Um, so, like, I'm going to haunt my dreams. I'm going to fall asleep tonight. Thank you so yeah. much. Have a good evening. Completely evening. haunted. I know it doesn't seem like it, but let me tell you, I am haunted. So, when he was talking, I was like, ah, yes. <laughs> I know you. Familiar. I know you. I am you. <laughs> <laughs> I am you. You are me. You are me in this house. <laughs> <laughs> so the other thing that, that this movie, because I, I mentioned earlier that it gave me two bad memories. The first one was the dog oh, right, and the yes. other one. So I went to sc- when I went to school and I was a freshman in high school or in college, uh, I wanted to be a drama teacher. And so one of the things we had to take was um, a course on set design. Mm. And we had to buy a lot of tools. And one of the tools that we had to buy was a T-square ruler. <laughs> and I, this was I, the I, hardest. So specific. <laughs> I, I know. Like, I, I love how specific this entire episode is. Like, what is happening? It's so good. What the fuck is wrong with all of us? <laughs> so I had to go out and buy a T-square ruler. And (laughs) I was a straight A student all throughout high school. I get to college my freshman year, and this fucking course, this fucking set design, fucking (laughs) architecture light course, where we had to to like draw out plans for a set, and I had to use that fucking T square ruler. Every week, and I got a C in the class. Oh my my only C I've ever gotten my entire <laughs> educational career was in this fucking class. And all I kept thinking about was this fucking T-square ruler. And so the beginning of this movie, when she shows up holding this ornate fucking T-square ruler, I was like, no. The rage in your voice right now is absolutely incredible. Like, the anger... I feel coming out of my computer screen about like I just imagine her opening that door and you seeing a three square ruler and just standing up and like screaming just like I'm out. I'm I can't out. watch this movie. There's a T square. I'm laughing because we're 
I'm so embarrassed by this selection because like they're both gonna watch it and be like, is she okay? And I was like <laughs> so embarrassed by it. And I was expecting you both to be like, there's nothing scary in this weird TV movie that you selected. And I love the idea of me hyping it up as much as possible and then Terry sitting down being like, let's check this out and immediately being like, oh my god, a very specific thing that upsets me. <laughs> I have not seen a T-square ruler in about 20 years. Okay, but okay. I'm sweating. Jesus. I'm literally sweating. My cheeks are like blowing around. (laughs) Terry, let me just say, okay. This is like, this makes so much sense in my head and I don't know how it's going to come out. You know in Halloween Kills... How they yeah. all, sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> how they all just like show up with random weapons and one woman has an iron. You're, you're her. You're showing up. Fucking Like that, you could splice, you could cut her out of this movie and put her in Halloween Kills. And that's you. <laughs> that is me. That is me. <laughs> this but, is unreal. But they get so much fucking mileage out of that ruler. Like, so it shows up in the beginning. Andrea is protecting herself in the opening. Jacob is using it as a cane. <laughs> I, didn't even, I didn't even catch that. Like, oh my god, I'm sweating. <laughs> I was obsessed with this ruler the moment I saw it. I was like, oh my god, is this a Chekhov's ruler? Is this going it to is. somehow play into the story? It deals the death blow. It does. It deals First the- she uses it against Jacob in the climax, and then she destroys the clock with it. That weapon deals the death blow. Oh my god, Tara, this is unbelievable. This is incredible. <laughs> so great. I'm elated. I'm elated wow. by this. <laughs> How do we... Where do we go from here? <laughs> I don't know. Also, I'm dry. I'm random dry. Dick Miller sighting. Wait, what? When? Dick Miller shows up in this. When? He does? Yeah, the when when the house gets set on fire and the neighbors come over, he's the one that's talking to. Uh, is it Lisa or Andrea? Andrea. One of the, oh, the, is, is he the, yeah. the neighbor who was like, "Your husband mm-hmm. will be happy about the hedges being on fire, whatever the fuck." Yeah, Dick Miller. Oh, oh. random. Huh? Do you know what I was thinking? Um, the the dad Jacob is very much not, but really reminds me of the uh, stepdad from Pet Cemetery Two. Oh my God, he What's does. His name? You know the guy. He's like a famous guy. He reminded yes, me of him, and uh, it like scared me. Like I, I think that that's part of why I was scared of the Pet Cemetery movies is because I like thought it was the same guy. <laughs> probably when I was like however old I was. Wow, this movie really got you like fucking deep. It really, dude. It really did. Like to the point that like a year later I'd be at a sleepover party and hear like a clock ticking and be like, "Mom, Dad, come pick me up." <laughs> did Legit. Did anyone else at the at the summer party? Was anyone else scared of the movie? Great question. I never asked anyone, but right before I watched this, one of my best friends currently was one of my best friends at the time. Like I've known her my whole life. And, uh, oh God, I, oh, I don't know if I'm going to be quick enough to pull up the text, but we usually like watch movies together. And I messaged her and she's like, what are you up to tonight? And I was like, oh, I got to rewatch this movie for this podcast. And I kind of filled her in. And then I was like, do you remember the movie we watched at Steph's sleepover party in grade seven? And she was like, yeah, good luck with that. I'm not coming over. <gasps> like she was like, no. Um, so she was scared enough. Yeah, we'd like never discussed it. Oh, I should find, I don't know if I, I won't be able to find it on time. It won't be punchy. But um, she like replied back being like, no, I'm not coming over to watch that with you. <laughs> like she didn't want to. I was like, 
Nice. Wait, that's incredible that, like, too. for years you did not speak of your your shared fear of this film, and <laughs> now yeah. you're like, I no fucking way, will not be watching that with I'm you. I'm like, hey, ladies, ladies who are at Stephanie's slumber party, <laughs> grade seven or whatever, like, call, call, call in. <laughs> if anyone was there, if any of you listen to this podcast, <laughs> let yeah. us know. <laughs> let us know. Let us know if you were scarred for life by it. The, well, the other thing that, that that popped in my mind is earlier you were talking about how you were kind of hoping this movie would kind of fall into obscurity. Um, I remember hearing about it on a podcast a few years ago because one of the the and I, it might have been Shockwaves, I can't remember because one of the the hosts was talking about it's about time, and we just constantly say that that quote. And then was it last year, maybe or the year before? Vinegar Syndrome actually made a, a box set of four of the lesser known Amityville horror movies. And w- this is one of them. So I actually own <laughs> this movie on Blu-ray. No! <laughs> I do. <laughs> um, like, I believe you, but I'm like, I don't believe you. <gasps> it's in his house. <laughs> yeah, they had like a, they had like a whole collection of, it was, it's about time, a new generation dollhouse. Oh, and I think yeah. there's one other one. I do. The Evil Escapes. Never- Huh. I never saw the rest. I was like, I'm not, I don't want more. I never saw any of the other ones. Well, it's that out of stock, wild. so you can't buy it, unfortunately. Oh, no. That's I know. a bummer for I know, me. No, it's traumatizing. That sucks for me because I was really hoping to. Watch I, mean, it I can send times. you mine. <laughs> no, thanks. I feel like Lindsay would find her own apartment house, whatever. Like, um, <laughs> within, <laughs> in your house. You'd be like, nope, I will take zero chances here. Zero chances. I don't want anywhere near me. That is wild. I did not know that. Huh. Yeah. Well, it's more popular than I thought. Maybe there's like maybe there's like a, a whole like fan base. Like y'all are suddenly gonna have like 200 more patrons or whatever that are just oh like, God. oh, we love, we're that just like be... we're Amityville 1982. I mean, we're in that, Amityville all the time. We're in that era where I feel like that's the thing where people are like, oh, I love that like very specific weird like fifth entry in a franchise movie, and you're like, oh, what? Great, cool, <laughs> really great. The fuck? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe there's like a whole fan base we don't know about. Maybe. One final point. Okay. Rusty turns into a baby yeah, okay. with a mullet. <laughs> I, I, Terry, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> whole, I don't know what you're saying. The final five minutes of this movie is just like, what in the actual fuck is going on? Like, it. And then she says, come to mommy. I, immediately. It was just like, I'm your mom now. I'm like, wait. What? The fuck? Yeah, I don't listen. I don't know. <laughs> no. Well, because so listeners, the, the the climax of this movie, Jacob is attacking Andrea. Rusty goes to try to stop him from killing her. And then the clock just like turns back time, but only for Rusty. No, or no, no. Oh, yeah, no. only well, for, well, yeah. It, it only turns back time for Rusty because Rusty becomes a fucking baby. And then yeah, de-ages Rusty de- for some reason. With the mullet, and then the, tells the, the house, let him go, and then, like, he just runs out of the door. Yeah, it's bizarre. And then... I mean, he's a baby. What else is he gonna do? <laughs> but then... I don't know, Terry. I don't know. But then... <laughs> run? Run? is not feel like, what do babies do? I'm not like, run. Yeah, they run. Really? <laughs> um, that's, like, the last thing on my list of what babies do. <laughs> run away from a fucked up clock. Run. They run. Um, They're really good sprinters. I don't know. <laughs> Is that not the lore around babies? I don't know. I couldn't tell you the lore. I don't know. Maybe they do run. But, but then the clock also turns back time to the beginning of the movie, which explains which, why she has the 
the ruler, <laughs> which is a banger. The that infamous ending ruler. is a banger because she opens the door at the beginning of the movie and she's carrying this device that you're like, why is this woman carrying this thing? It's absurd. And then in the finale, it sure is. It's so good because I feel like it's so good. It makes you ask so many questions about space and time. I love that you mentioned the whole cosmic horror piece. It makes you ask so many questions about the space and time. And then also kind of makes the implication like, yeah, okay, you're like, okay, she beat the clock. The the, the loop is over. But it kind of makes the implication that she might be like caught in this like yes! loop. Oh, and time loop things really freak me out because I'm like, how do you get out of it? What happens when you get out of it? Like it, I get into my own head about that. But then like she destroys the clock. So what happens? Like is everything erased? Like what's going on? Well, it makes me wonder how how many times has this happened to her? Yeah, right. Up until this point, because like the presumption is that it's it. already happened by the time the movie starts, but not because she wouldn't remember it. And in this timeline, she does remember it. Rusty, we don't know if he remembers it or not, but we think that he does. And we also think that uh, Mrs. Wheeler remembers it because they have the like evil moment, which makes which is a continuation of the conversation that they had earlier in the movie, but later in time. Well, and it would also explain why she knows about the house. Oh, shit. 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 I just thought of that as you guys were talking about this, because I didn't even think about that the ending was that smart until just got this conversation. Like, oh, no, Look, it actually I'm is. I'm going to tell you right now, this movie actually is smarter than I expected it to be. I'm just going to say that right now. Like, I think it's actually pretty interesting. And it, once again, I know it's silly, but there's some cool shit going on here. That's all I'll say. And it's pretty scary. <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> and it was a reasonable reaction, Lindsay. Yeah. One tiny last thing is the fact that Lisa, the sister, um, gets possessed and feels herself up through the mirror. The, it just she does. What the hell? This movie is just. And wild. then she gets a blowout in her hair. Oh yeah, that and that she means you, that means you're, you're sexual when you have use a blow dryer mm. and hairspray. Um, you're evil and sexual. You're evil and sexual when That's you the sign. learn how to use hairspray. Um. Anyway, so we want to wrap up and give this a rating out of five. <laughs> Yeah, let's do that. Am I first? Is that what you're looking at? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm just laughing. Terry, how many Chekhov's T-square rulers out of five do you give Amityville 1992? It's about time. Uh, I would like to give it zero because I don't want to have any T-square rulers involved. <laughs> I'm going to start I... sending you T-square rulers in the mail with no like label <laughs> oh on <my> them. <laughs> oh, my God. I would do it, no. but I'm scared he would retaliate with a clock and I wouldn't recover. <laughs> I will. I will. I, I have some very crafty people. I will have someone make that clock and I'll send it to oh, you. Oh, shit. <laughs> not funny. Not funny. You're not funny. You think you're funny? You think you're a funny guy? Oh, my God. <laughs> anyway. Uh, okay. So I, I actually <laughs> really enjoyed this movie. It's silly as hell. I, I'm... <laughs> I was laughing throughout the most of the movie because I was like, what part of this is it the part that like traumatized you? And I was <laughs> I was sitting there like wondering the entire yeah. time. There are some really effective sequences in here. Like I said, I really like the squelching part. I thought that was like really gross and really like just um unsettling. I I think honestly I probably would give this uh I think I'd give it three T square Chekhov's T square rulers out of five. Cause I I this movie isn't great, but it is it's actually a lot of fun. And I think for the sixth entry in a franchise about a possessed house, I, you got to go weird. And this movie definitely went weird. So that that's me. I think three. What about you, Mary Beth? I also give this three T-square rulers. I think, 
like I've said, I think this, I was like, I don't know if this is going to be any good, but I'm excited to watch it. And I actually was surprised at some of the, like I said, the cosmic horror elements and some of the scares were really interesting. And I just had such a good time watching it. And this is yet another instance of a movie that I never probably would have heard of without the podcast, <laughs> but I'm so glad I have. Like, I'm so sorry, Lindsay, that it scared the shit out of you as a child, and that's what brought it here to us today. But Makes it worth it. I just, I think that I was surprised at how smart some of his parts of this movie were and some of the really interesting things they do with it. I also loved all of the absolutely batshit, crazy, weird things going on in this movie. I just think it is a fun, weird time, and it's on Shutter, so everyone should give it a chance because it's an hour and a half, and it's a good time. So I give it three. Uh, Lindsay, you have the final word. How many T square rulers out of five, or Chekhov's T square rulers out of five, do you give this? How? I'm curious what your rating is going to be. It's tough because part of me feels compelled to go like all the way to five to like justify my reaction to it. <laughs> and then part of me also feels compelled to give it like a one to be like, get rid of, get it, get it gone. <laughs> um, so I think I kind of land in the middle. I think that it's what's, if I were to be able to watch it objectively, which I will admit would be incredibly difficult, mm-hmm. but if I did watch it objectively, I do think that like, it does feel like a really, really banger VOD, or sorry, direct-to-video movie, DTV movie, because it's really silly. Like, some of the gore gags don't work very well, but some of them are great. Like, there's so much... I really like when um, movies can, like, use their small budget well. It kind mm. of plays out like... I mean, I don't know what the budget is, but I'm guessing. It kind of plays out like a single-location horror, which I think is really neat. And, like, just simple things like putting yellow in the bandages to make it ten times grosser. Mm-hmm. And all it is is probably, like, yellow dye. Like, there's not even a great gore gag. It doesn't need to be. Um, I think it does a lot of really smart things like that. And by, like, driving scares from something as simple as shooting a wall from two different angles and having different things happen on either side of the same wall, I think it's just, like, actually more clever than you'd expect from, like, a DTV kind of crappy scary movie so i do think it's also like a three i think i think i'm gonna give it three uh what is it check off t squared rulers because yeah i i think i'm on like the same page it's just like surprising uh but still it could also land anywhere between one and five because i don't know how i feel so is three like a c like the grade i got in class (laughs) (laughs) your revenge (laughs) amityville okay can we rename it amityville (laughs) 1992 is about time colon Terry's revenge. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I so and like in the in the image of the house facade, we have to put like a superimposed T-square ruler between the windows. <laughs> oh my god. Yes. Oh my god. Get on that someone. Terry's revenge. It'll be the T in the t- oh. oh. Poster my designs itself. God. Poster designs Holy itself. Shit. I love that. Well, th- thank you so much, Lindsay, for joining us to talk about Amityville 1992. It's colon. It's about time. Colin Terry's revenge. I really appreciate being able to see this movie. So thank you. And I'm so glad. I'm so honored that you bit the bullet and rewatched this movie yeah. for the podcast. Because I know it was like eating at you before you made that decision. So thank you so much. Yes, but where can the listeners you. find you? And what do you have coming up you'd like to share? Sure. I just, I have to quickly, I know that I like probably pushed your runtime, but honestly, thank you because this movie has been like haunting me my whole life. And I, this was a really unique opportunity to be able to demystify it. And I was like, I even, I'm pretty sure I said it to you in your email and I mean it when I say it. I was like, if there's going to be a reason, this is the reason to do it. So thank you. You guys have like something so cool going on and it was really 
awesome that like it worked. I got to like demystify it for something as exciting as this. So thank you. That thank was awesome. Um, okay, me. I'm on the internet, Twitter and Instagram, um, at Smash Travis, but it's spelled, it's spelled S-M-A-S-H-T-R-A-V-E-S. Uh, so like Traves. Um, where can you find me? You can find me lots of places. Honestly, the best place to find me is on Twitter or following my link tree because I am in a weird, um, intermediate phase in between moving from some places to another. But you can catch me on where have I been recently? I was recently on IGN talking about Dexter. You were. That was awesome. Um, yeah. Dexter! So exciting. Uh, I will be talking about Dexter more other places because I love talking about Dexter. Um, I wrote um, a cool piece on the Marvel lawsuit, mm-hmm. uh, yes. Marvel copyright suit for Slash Film, which was really exciting for me. So you can find me there. Side note, I love when yeah. you do those because like, oh, you did that for so the Friday cool. the 13th. I love those. Those are some of my, my favorite you. things to read. So we'll throw some links out there in the, in the show notes too yeah. because – I. I love it that you're combining because you're a lawyer and you're combining your like day job with like your hobby. I think that is so, so fantastic. Cool, yeah. Thank you. That is so nice. That you, thank you. Like that's really, thank you. I really love to hear that because it's one of those things that like, it's such a thrill to be able to do it. And you're like, I hope people like it. So that's really cool. So thank you. Um, yeah. Find me there. My movie reviews are mostly on Pajiba these days. Um, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So listeners, you've heard from us, but we want to hear from you. What was your experience with Amityville 1992? (laughs) It's about time. Did you see it? Did you love it? We would like to know, please. Uh, You can send us an email at scarredforlifepodcast at gmail.com, or you can reach out to us directly on Twitter. I'm at MB McAndrews. And I'm at Gailey Dreadful. And of course, don't forget to follow the podcast on Twitter at Scarred Podcast. And please, while you're listening to this, just if you're, especially if you're in uh, iTunes, just, you know, leave us a little rating and a review. Make sure you're subscribed. It kind of helps with the algorithm. So do it. <laughs> I'm going to send Lindsay a clock. Oh my God. You don't. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be like, I need a list of your listeners. I'm probably not <laughs> Oh my God. Thank you to Eric Power for our artwork. Thank you to Sean Keller for our music. Thanks everyone for listening. Please stay safe out there, but most importantly, stay creepy. And until next time. powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What is The Briefing Room? It's a behind-the-scenes look at how the criminal justice system works and the lives of the people within that system. If you love true crime, well, these are the real people who do the job every day of making sure justice is served. Hi, I'm Detective Dave. I'm Detective Dan. Together, we have decades of experience in local law enforcement, a profession that we think is often misunderstood. So we're going to explore how to do it right, and we won't shy away from when it's done wrong. These are stories you'll hear nowhere else. Unique, frank, and unvarnished. From the team that brought you Small Town Dicks, this is The Briefing Room. Episode 1 drops on August 30th. We'll meet you in The Briefing Room. 
ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com. <laughs>